Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show which connects East and West. My name is Jason, and today with us is Alex. Hello, everybody. This is Alex. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. We know we've done a lot of shows, especially you and I, where we do the culture Mm. appreciation thing. And I think we're going to go a different direction today. What do you find bizarre or maybe even off-putting about another culture's food. Well, I want to really want to get into this because I have a lot of things on my mind. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, um, uh, isn't that a coincidence? Mm -hmm. Because I have a lot of things Mm -hmm. on my mind as well. So go for it. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, I mean, there's always, that's always the first thing you remember about a different culture when you go there, right? You want to go for the things that look familiar in another culture that reminds you of home when you're actual authentic home food isn't accessible Mm -hmm. but when it comes to asian food in america at least in my time it wasn't really that available 10 years Mm. ago and when i came back it's kind of like things changed quite a bit Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think it's really interesting because you know i like you know american food sure and mexican food sure so when i came over to like china i was like okay i want to find where those are but i didn't become like obsessed with it you know so i'm like also open-minded i know a lot of western people who've lived in china for years and they primarily eat like western food like what is up with that i'm sorry but like you're in china maybe you should be i even know a lady i don't want to say her name she does not she refuses to eat (laughs) chinese food she only eats western food and she's been living here for a whole long 13 years how does she the question is how does she survive (laughs) she lives in beijing you know so if you're in beijing or i don't know shanghai or shenzhen or guangzhou you could probably find enough western restaurants to constantly have new opportunities so she's just like no chinese food is too oily and i was like okay sure some chinese food is oily yeah Yeah, you know what, that very statement itself, it's something that I've heard as well. But I heard that from a uh, a, an Indian couple living in the United States, and Mm -hmm. we were thinking about where we could go for uh, dinner. And my other Chinese friend suggested we should go get Chinese food. And the couple said, mm-hmm. oh, no, but Chinese food is so oily. And back then I was like, you don't understand Chinese food at all. Because mm. when I say Chinese food, I'm thinking about the food that, you know, your parents would put on the table mm. for you for dinner. And home home cooked Chinese food really isn't oily at all all for most families at least for my families and my friends families Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. i've been to and i'm thinking i was thinking when they said that the chinese you're talking about is the americanized chinese food that that's cooked with this (laughs) mysterious brawn or white sauce that don't exist in chinese cooking 
at all. Normally, I try to be really agreeable, but I got to say, there are some dishes that are cooked in a lot of oil. For example, yeah, I, like there's I this know, fish fish platter. You get the whole fish, right? Mm-hmm. And they flayed the fish open and it's covered in garlic and, and, and yummy things. Yeah. But then it's like also like in two inches of oil. I know. I know. That's why I said when I disagreed with them, I was thinking about home cooked Chinese food. If you want to do mm, right. restaurant Chinese food, then yes, the, it's actually quite uh, a lot of uh, oil that is being used and but the funny funny enough these I do want to say the names of these fish we call them the water boiled fish or water boiled beef you know or that's from Sichuan area where it's known for people to eat really spicy food and it's very very tasty even though they're yeah it is delicious i'm not complaining i would eat it right now (laughs) and even though they're called water boiled food water boiled fish or beef it's actually not that much water it's it's mostly oil but they burn the oil that so the oil gets like almost on fire sizzling hot and then you Bill it over on all of the ingredients that's covered with all kinds of spices. And that's what, oh God, speaking of this, I'm really, I'm really, now that's making me really hungry. But, <laughs> well, let's try to see if we can turn yeah. your flavor like off because there's a new <laughs> article by Maggie Huifu Huang mm. on CNN.com. It's uh, published July 1st White People Meals, <laughs> the story behind China's coldest food trend. So apparently, oh my God, for Chinese people, there's a concept that white people foods are deliberately bland and like they're like <laughs> carrots wrapped in cheese or like a yes. salad with that has like one ingredient with like a tomato on it or something i don't know especially the quote-unquote the, the healthy ones <laughs> right so i mean when you were in america i mean this is true like you know my mom and dad they would take two pieces of white bread some mayonnaise and bologna and yeah that's a sandwich it's a bologna sandwich and this is white people food we do eat these things <laughs> so like what do you yeah. know like is it Chinese person with like a, a very wide palate that's very spicy and also, you know, savory and sweet and salty. You know, when you see like mm. a family of like white folks eating really like cucumber sandwiches <laughs> that have no dressing on them, it's just like bread and cucumbers. Oh God. What do you think about that? Ah, uh, Healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I think it's a very it's an acquired taste almost. And you have to think about how they look at ingredients differently. And it's more about I, I was just thinking about how different the cooking method is when you cook steak versus when you cook like beef in Chinese. And then you think about the spices that's used mm-hmm. in a steak. You just use salt and pepper. And then you're like, oh, my God, this smells so good because it's mostly just mm-hmm. the beef, oh, <laughs> the out, beef and the butter, you know, that's like the kind of the very primal like the, the sorry the very little primi- i know but it's very the very primitive <laughs> taste of uh the ingredients whereas like in chinese cooking no i was watching a movie which movie was that on the airplane uh-huh. recently it was called delicious but it was in french and it was about this turn that happened in western europe it was about a french mm. chef who was working for like a, a rich oligarch or literally an oligarch you know actual <laughs> You know, okay. oligarch, not just like okay. you're an oligarch. Anyways, he gets kicked out of the castle and he has to open his own business. And so he in anyways, during the process, he explains that don't drown food in seasonings. Food should taste like mm. what it's supposed to be. And mm. you're supposed to draw its natural flavors out. And so I think there was a mm. turn in Europe at some point 
you know, yeah. not in that not too distant past in which Europeans started focusing on like, you know, a steak should taste like a steak. You know, the flavors should be there, but you should still taste the steak. Yeah. Whereas like in China, a lot of food is like so seasoned up, which I love. You know, I love super seasoned food. And I mean, Indian food's just like that. Once yeah. it's finished, you don't it's hard to tell what it was started yeah. out as. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. And some like uh, Southeast Asian food as well, mm-hmm. you know. Exactly. So, yeah, I guess, you know. Some of the Western food, this, the, the article that is written by Miss Wong gives the idea that it, hashtag white people meals and hashtag Byron <laughs> fun, which means white people meals, like is healthy. Mm. But actually, a lot of white people food in, it has like lathered in mayonnaise and stuff. So like the actual way we eat it or it melted cheese yeah. all over it isn't actually the healthy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when when salad first became a thing here in China, people were not very much used to just tasting raw vegetables mixed with other stuff because sometimes (laughs) the flavors of the ingredients do contradict each other. Mm -hmm. And so the first type of the one of the earliest types of salad dressing was the um, Thousand Island dressing or the sesame, Mm -hmm. you know, and people were like, oh, you know, what? I'm eating healthy. I'm going to eat like a whole bowl of vegetables (laughs) with just, you know, these sauce sauces are going to help make it easier to take down. And then later on, people are like, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. sauces is so much more unhealthy than all of the other right, kind yeah. of food that you are going to eat because it has so many mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. calories, it has a lot of sugar in it, and it has like whatever different stuff in it. And so people are like, oh God, so actually that is not a good salad. And to a point out today, a lot of Chinese young people would make sure they ask for like, you know, uh, olive oil and a vinaigrette instead of the so-called traditional salad dressing that got really popular here in China. So like in a way, yes, you're kind of maintaining the original taste of the ingredients of the food but then the the dressing mm. kind of mm. well before <laughs> puts everything you know backwards. i want to actually think we should offer some criticisms of one another's cuisine but i want to point out that according to this article that there is a new trend in china mm. i haven't noticed it because i don't go to mm. like five star restaurants or whatever mm. <laughs> but malaysian born chef Edward Voon and founder of Our, a French-influenced fine dining restaurant in Hong Kong, takes this idea of white people food mm. and tries to create elegant white, <laughs> quote, I'm not making this stuff up, quote, white people meal, end quote. So, for example, a boiled egg and canned tuna. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, that sounds wonderful, actually. I would eat that, but it's just, you know, I feel like I'm going to overpay the way that it's being presented. Boiled egg and canned. (laughs) I could just get that at the kit, you know, go to the grocery store, bring it home and throw it on a plate. I don't need to go pay like $50. Yeah, exactly. A lot of, you know what, that is a very good point that a lot of the, when you talk about Western food or foreign food or whatever, another idea that immediately pops into your head is that it's going to be a pricey meal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In China, that's a really good point in beijing if you go to these like you know expat community restaurants that are all like you know they have a new i'm not going to make fun of the uh local newspaper here in beijing Mm. but it's just like a bunch of friends telling each other about each other's restaurants and it's all you know western food and like they hardly ever present a chinese restaurant in their like catalog of restaurants they want you to try and they're Mm. all way overpriced and like i would never go to most any of these restaurants because why i'm there's really nice chinese (laughs) restaurants restaurants in Beijing. We're in China, folks. I, this is something I don't understand about other expats. Yeah. What are you doing in China if you all spend all your time having hamburgers and hamburger festivals? I'm sorry. It, exactly. Are, 
it's good. I mean, I mean, the hand, the burger fest is fun. I love burgers from time yeah, to time sure. as well. But it's the same thing. Like, hey, like I'm really it's an obsession. I, I know. I really, but I'm really proud of my some of my friends that have been living here for not that long, actually, like three or four years. They've ventured out to all kinds of Chinese cooking classes, and they can mm. actually cook Chinese oh, cuisine. Cool. Yeah. You know, same good. thing. Same yeah. thing as when I was living in the states. I was really taking a lot of pride in myself being able to make a whole turkey. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know when you're in, when you're in when you're when in Rome, you're beyond me. You're more Western than <laughs> I, I am. You, I, I, I've never done. I that. know that I, a lot of my friends are like, I don't know how to make a turkey, and you was like, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it to the most. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> do you have an oven that big? I did when I was in the states. Of course, I did, but I haven't done it oh, for right, you're right. ever since yeah. I came back. I would love to though. Oh yeah. The best military commander is not he who fights a hundred battles and wins every one of them. The best military strategy does not lead to the desiccation of the enemy's capital city. Decoding the art of war will help you understand why there is no art in war and how Sunzi stayed undefeatable using the science of war, with fun stories and insightful breakdown of famous battles. Tune in to Decoding the Art of War on Spotify. Listening to the bridge. Well, let's reverse this a little. You're, you know, your first sojourn into the United States, and you're a mm-hmm. Chinese, a young lady going to college or university, a master's uh-huh. degree or something. What was your experience of Western? Yeah. Not just like I can't find good Chinese food, but like what was your experience of eating Western food in America? Mm. And like, what didn't you like? I don't want. Oh, this was great. I don't want to hear okay. that. List. This is not the episode for that. What did? Right, what let's bothered be you? Harsh. No, what bothered me was how much I love the flavor and the taste when I eat it, and how bad the heartburn was for me afterwards. Mm. <laughs> Because I'm a huge oh, carbs yeah, person, yeah. right? I can't just eat salad because I feel mm-hmm. like it's going to make make me make my stomach produce a lot more stomach fluid and it's going to make me feel horrible and feel like it's going to burn through my stomach. Wrong mm. feeling. That's not scientific. But when I go do go for the carbs, like the, mm-hmm. you know, like the fries and then my favorite mac and cheese and all of that. Mm. I really crave. I know. Cheese. I really crave it. But once <laughs> I do eat that as part of my meal, then it's like no matter how long I walk, I'm not gonna be able to walk it off, and that heartburn is just going to stay with me for an hour. Yeah, heartburn city. That's true. One thing mm. I've been trying to do for myself lately is cut down or out, you know, processed carbohydrates, which means rice. It means noodles. Mm. Yeah, it's all the stuff that both of us have talked about loving. So bread, sugar in my coffee. Yes, everything. Mm. I'm feeling a little bit better generally, except when I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> Every time when there's an occasion, you're like, oh, my diet actually doesn't exist. I don't want to disrespect other people with my diet. <laughs> okay, so in terms of Chinese food, I've got some complaints. Absolutely. So I'm very curious, Jason. My wife knows because I've been keeping these inside mostly. But I mean, the, I guess my <laughs> main thing is bones. You know, in America, they're except okay. if you go to KFC, that I can sure. Understand. You go to a ribs restaurant, sure, there are exceptions, but the general rule 95% of the time is Mm. the kitchen removes the bones. So when you have your food, everything on your plate is pretty much (laughs) edible. So one thing I I, I 
find very challenging yeah. here in China is oftentimes food is full of bones. It's like, hey, this mm. is, you know, even people are proud of it. This is like bone chicken. And it's like, oh, okay. not again. No, I know it's got all these little sharp objects and you have to put it in your mouth and then take <laughs> the flesh off. And then you have to take the bone out, which I don't like doing. Or like you have fish and in America, they have filleted it really nicely. I know. And there's no bones in it. You could just eat the fish. You just go at, go to town. No, you know, you know, throw caution to the wind but in and you know even even as a kid i was a little kid and we would eat fish and my mom would always say be careful there might be bones left in it you might choke to death so like this is like a whole american thing mm. that you know fish with bones dangerous yeah. warn your children but here in china it's like every time you eat fish it's full of bones in every kind of <laughs> sichuan fish hong kong fish shandong yeah. fish beijing fish, it's all bones yeah. all the time and they're like yes it has the bones my wife even said the bones prove that it is the kind of fish that you order and i'm like i don't care you know if, if they're tr tricking me with tilapia i'm all right with that you want to <laughs> chew your food without the possibility of hurting yourself that's what you're talking about. have you ever got one of those little bones stuck in your throat it's awful of course jason but every time when that happens that just makes me want to be a better <laughs> fish eater <laughs> all right that's most like I'll no actually i did almost gave up at one point um like i'm never gonna eat freshwater fish again because there's <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I can also what I've done, taken to is eating fish mm. before, you know, like yeah. we share in China. There's like on a giant table and everyone's eating. I'll eat the fish before and eat the meaty parts and then give up and then let the professionals, <laughs> the professionals. take care of the rest. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'm still giving my boyfriend that part of the fish so that it's easier for him. <laughs> Well, that's very, very kind of you. Very kind. Well, you know, I think there it's also other things. So my mother used to make spaghetti sauce from mm. uh, spaghetti and red sauce, tomato, tomato sauce. And mm. one of the things she would do is add things that are inedible and dangerous, even mm. bay leaves, for example. So mm. at the end of the process, she would go looking for the bay leaves and she knew she put five bay leaves in there. She would go take them out and that way everyone would be safe. In China, <laughs> it's like, here's your food and it's got all kinds of things in it. Like, what are those little yeah. So, okay, for for example, corn peppers, you can't really eat those. They're just like, the, the and they star, have, a, I can't remember the, the other thing that looks no. like a flower. It's really delicious. And the people, okay. It, I can't remember what it's called. It, it tastes kind of like licorice. Yeah, the star anise. It tastes like licorice and it gets added a little. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Star anise. And then they also, and the, yeah, you also have uh, mm. bay leaves in some food and all kinds. So you have all the mm. seasonings and you're, they're in there and it's up to the, <laughs> the eater. The diner to <laughs> discern what's edible and to make sure that they d don't eat these other things. <laughs> hey, I know we're brought up in this, so it's it's very natural for us to try to avoid what, like, to know what we could eat, what we could not eat. But hey, he mission danger. Yeah, but there's also garnishes in Western food that's just like, like, do I eat them or not? I usually eat them. You know those like the weird green things that are. <laughs> That's an easy answer, Jason. On your plate that look like most people never eat those. You know, you're supposed to eat those. That mm -hmm. is a breath freshener. At the end of your meal, you eat that and your breath becomes fresher. I don't know how many people agree with that, but if you don't agree, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com and let us know how Jason is a terrible person today. Okay, mm. so there's another, there was another one. My mother-in-law, and I know a lot of Chinese families do this, maybe not all, but many, they put a coin or some coins into yes. the Chinese New Year. Yeah. Jiaozi, yes. You know, dumplings, for those of you who don't know what that word means. So... 
every now and then you'll bite a coin while you're eating. And it's fun. <laughs> it can be fun. The first time I did it, I think I chipped my tooth. <laughs> oh, you didn't expect that you were chewing too hard. I didn't know there was a piece of metal <laughs> inside of the food. They were like, you're very lucky. And I was like, it hurts. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> right now, it's just pain. I don't know. Now I'm really, mm. I've learned to be careful and to like, is this got a coin in it? No. Okay. I'm I'm okay. You know, so every, uh -huh. the first two or three bites of every Jiao's yeah. Chinese New Year is a big question and I have to be careful. But you know, if I let my guard down. Yeah, danger, I know. I know. Again, it's all kind of the eating, um, the habits, but you know what I, okay, you've done your part and, and I think it's time for me to have a little bit of complaint as well. Right. Okay. So sure. Yeah. Go for it. Let's please. My major complaint. And it, this is, this could be a little too specific is how meat is treated outside of steaks. Okay. There's like a very small mm -hmm. number of ways that you cook other types of meat, like poultry, like, you know, a pork and let alone lamb. Like the only form of lamb I've ever consumed in the States was lamb shanks. And they're amazing. Yes, of course. But you know how many different ways we cook lamb here? You could slice them, put them into hot pot. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. could uh, cook the lamb spine and make it into this like mm -hmm. very flavorful soup. And you put other vegetables in also kind of a hot pot, but they could also be baked. And then you also put that you could like make a stew with a turnip and and other things and they all taste different and they they almost bring out different flavors of the lamb so like one type of meat has different kind of flavors and then i can't where do i even begin with pork oh my god when i see every time when i see pork chops and i'm just like this is so blasphemous <laughs> for, for all of these pigs that give up their lives so that we can consume them because they it's i've never had tasty pork that was not cooked in a chinese <laughs> way in my entire time staying in the united states that i'll say it i gotta admit it it's usually better here yeah I, and people are like oh pork's is, is disgusting it has a smell i was like yeah because you don't know how to treat it <laughs> Like you don't know how to, you don't know how to treat it. You don't know how to cook it, and so I'm just like, I think it's magical. Dude, what do you guys do? You don't get that really soft pork that's got layers of meat and fat, and then it's like cut into yeah. little tiny cubes, and it's like it melts in your mouth. How did you get it that way? Yeah, because we cut it into little cubes. We don't put it in. The, we don't. We don't keep a giant pork chop together and not do anything about it. Before I'm like, see how you guys, how you guys treat steaks. There's all kinds of like, I can't. I don't know the name. How to say them in. English, but there are different ways of preserve them, mm -hmm. different ways of like, you know, seasoning them. And then you cook it. And then uh, for some reason, when it comes to other types of meat, they're just like, nah, they don't matter. We're just going to throw it on the grill. <laughs> they can survive, you know? Okay, wait, I am sorry. I am so sorry. I have to take this back. Just just one step, just one step back. I will say Texas barbecue is awesome <laughs> like that i'll say what about breakfast sauce i gotta say american breakfast sausages they're full of sugar and salt i mean just, no, you're full they're so sweet mm -hmm. but and you fry them up they're fantastic i'm sorry you guys have tons of sausages like an infinite variety of sausages sausages at the grocery store but most of them meh but american breakfast sausages Oh my God. Really? Wow. <laughs> I miss the different types of bacons. <laughs> I do like to have like beef bacon and, and turkey bacon. But 
we're also a little healthier, I guess, when things are not oh, so yeah. <laughs> That's <true>. filled <laughs> with salt and sugar. That's true. Uh, you know, I'm a typical American who is a little uh, girthy, and but yeah, food, yes. yum. Okay, go on, go on. I don't want to cut off your, uh, you know, your rant. Yeah, and I was talking about how you don't really know how to cook uh, pork, and and then I guess when you cook stuff, if you want something that's flavorfully cooked, then it takes like. 2500 hours to make it like, <laughs> as proud as i am about being able to make turkey which i do love a it takes like five days to thaw that big bird and then um and then you have to prep it that's like two hours and then you have to put it in the oven and you have to what's so there's a word i can't remember what it is but you have to like broil pull it, not broil but you kind of have to pull it out of the oven and then make sure that all of the soup the broth that's coming out you like mm. put the soup the broth back on the turkey so that it's flavored like inside and out evenly i, I can't remember that word and so it's like you know like chinese is like okay you chop 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 it's a one it's a single syllable word i can't think of but <laughs> um again i haven't um, done this successfully now i know i've done it a couple of times i'm very proud mm -hmm, but mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. chinese cooking it seems like there's a lot of prep like we cut things in we cut things a lot more smaller the cubes chunks whatever we slice it we shred it and then yes mm -hmm, prep work mm -hmm. is kind of a lot but prep prep work also doesn't take that long if you're really good at it it takes like you know i don't know half an hour to prep everything and then it's really just about like you know knowing how long to fry things to get rid of the the kind of the fishy meat taste out of it and then knowing how long you're gonna boil and then like you're fine you don't have to constantly go back to check and and it's, when it's a big bird it's kind of a lot of work to pull it out of the oven and then uh, do the thing and then mm. put it back in the, <laughs> into the oven you can't really your time is all broken up and then other than that like i don't no other ways and the other way is making the mm -hmm, stew mm -hmm. and you kind of just put everything inside and everything's like evenly chopped and so when i look at the stew i don't really know who's the the star in this dish does there have meat? to be a star maybe it's a communist dish and every all of the parts are equal <laughs> oh my god i mean hey i want to know you know how you know there's a running joke when, when we talk about chinese dishes people will say it matters which ingredient you put in the front because the one in the front should be the the ingredient that has more that has that's more abundant in this dish like mm. tomato with eggs means there's more tomatoes mm. and <laughs> then you just know, call it eggs tomato <laughs> i don't know i'm sorry yeah x-men yeah well you know there's also fast food and so one thing i think we should not have exported was mcdonald's sorry mcdonald's you're delicious that's the problem your breakfast the breakfast at mcdonald's you have any idea how much salt is in anything there it's just like Wait, it's, really yeah you have one item at mcdonald's for breakfast just one thing that's like salt for three days really that bad I thought that's your daily recommended allowance of salt for three days. I thought it was pretty good. So if you have like two items, you're definitely bloated. Yeah, oh yeah, God, yeah. I that's thought... why you're really thirsty for water all day. And then you feel bloated for the next two or three days because your body's trying to get rid of the salt. I thought for some reason I kept thinking <laughs> McDonald's and KFC breakfast count as healthy breakfast. Oh my gosh, that is fantastic. I think that's the best bite of the show. I know. Wow. Oh my God, no. Wow. <laughs> I, felt, I felt cheated by myself, if that makes sense. In fact, yeah, I was. I had borderline high blood pressure recently. And one of the things the doctor was saying is don't have fast food. All of it is masking like salt. And it's mm. just everything. KFC, Burger King, McDonald's, all of them. Salt, 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 salt. Oh, so can I, can I they just recommended like... eating more home. Yeah, go ahead. 
What if I drink just a lot of water that day? Can I? Yeah, you could stand in the oh, sun or go for 10,000 <laughs> steps and drink a ton of water. And after a day or two, you should be like all normal. But, you know, if you just don't do that, you're going to be hecka bloated. Okay, fine. I did. I really thought because nothing tastes salty. <laughs> <laughs> from those yeah they do such a good job you know coca-cola does that coca-cola uh-huh. wants you to drink more coke so they pour you look at the ingredients there's a ton of salt in there that is... well, that's to get you to drink more cokes when you're finished wow. so what they do is they add mm-hmm. a ton more sugar so you don't taste the salt wow okay i look i cook a lot but i also i would not think that adding a lot of sugar would make something taste not salty i guess they're kind of mm. genius <laughs> You know, it is brilliant for way, profitability. In yeah. In terms of like, we want your money. Coca-Cola's got a really good recipe. I wanted to say another thing about Chinese food. Okay. And that is like, even you go to like 7-Eleven or, you know, yeah. just your no- normal corner store or whatever. Mm. Kidneys? There's just like a package full of kidneys. Oh, hearts and gizzards. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. You've never had the barbecued kitten oh my god jason you should i strongly commend that you try it out sometime look i think yeah it's the concept it's the concept i can't get past it would be a very interesting piece to look back into like how chinese people decided to keep uh, which parts of the animal to cook with there's definitely a historical reason for things Mm. to be the way they are today it's there there. yeah let's eat every (laughs) every bit of it You guys do seem to eat, except for like feathers and stuff <laughs> like that. You chicken feet, very popular yeah. in China. In America, chicken feet, no. What? Why would we eat that? <laughs> like, no, that goes in like the fertilizer or something. I know, but we do and we find ways to eat it very, very well. But here's the thing. There's just a little bit of like, you know, defense I want to do for Chinese cuisine. And a lot of people are like, yeah, go for you it. know, go oh, for Chinese it. cuisine, you, you eat these organs, you eat them. Um, now, you guys got a lot of great food. I found like a thousand dishes that I like, but I also found like yeah. 20 dishes not so much yeah but if you think about what's that thing called you know in scotland they eat that thing where it's mostly just bullet haggis yes haggis, haggis is, is mostly organs haggis. and blood yeah. which we eat and that's right i wouldn't see, eat haggis. <laughs> and then so there's there's a scottish people right and then there's a german people that eat the blood sausage which we also eat and it's yeah, a national right, a national yeah. cuisine and then there is the french people the and then there's sausage, the french yeah. people that eat uh uh what do you call it es- escargot yeah uh foquois snails uh, yes yeah, snails and uh you know goose I, liver i was talking to uh-huh. a french person recently arnaud bertrand and we, i was asking him about chinese food and he was like a lot of westerners you know especially french people they don't get past chinese food and the weird <laughs> things they eat and i was thinking your country in america is famous for exactly. having weird food so like this is an international thing yeah. wherever you're coming from yeah. and wherever you're going when it's not the same people are like what's that that's not normal <laughs> i know i i like i said i recently went to kuala lumpur and i had this thing i forgot what it's mm-hmm. called my friend kept telling me they said you need to try it because it's so different and they said it's a yogurt but it's yogurt with scallions in it and there's yogurt with uh, scallions and black sesame and it's a lot more watery than than yogurt even in china like chinese yogurt is usually a little more drinkable than eatable you know it's more like a beverage and then that was even more watery than the chinese yogurt and then it also has salt and some other seasoning spices whatever in it and you're supposed to drink Mm -hmm, it before mm -hmm. you start the meal and i had a sip and i was like this is a little hard to take 
down and you know i'm sure because my friends were raving about it I was like, you know what <laughs> i'll i'll give it a pass <laughs> i did my you know open mind tastes of it and i was like this is i'm good enough <laughs> you know i've also tried some things like cicada you know so i've eaten that it's yummy yeah. it's delicious and i'll have a when couple, you fry it it's yeah, very good very good i actually yeah. i don't know if it was fried maybe it was fried or baked but yeah it came with like a probably fried yeah it was really good anyways um there are mm. some things on my list i haven't gotten off my chest Ooh, okay 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 but th- i got that this is first from south korea so I, I moved to south korea in 2010 uh-huh. and i lived there until 2011 yeah and one of the things they have on the street big vat like a like a huge pot massive pot uh-huh. full of butterfly chrysalis so it's not butterflies okay and it's not caterpillars it's the shell that the that it lives in while it's transforming itself okay. they pick these and then they put them in a huge pot thousand of them mm-hmm. and boil them with almost no seasonings mm. and then they serve little cups of them okay. for people walking around in the evenings to eat as they enjoy their evening walks and going to bars and things and i was just just like just the smell oh my god Ugh. can't take it no i couldn't i love korean food i'm sorry people from korea who listen to the show you have yummy food bibimbap amazing yeah a gimbap amazing all the, but this thing not so much and they have this in china too so in china they'll sometimes and some, I, don't, I don't remember exactly the context but i've been served uh-huh. butterfly chrysalis on, on a you know a huge table where we're sharing with lots of people and i just don't eat that thing i never point out I'm wondering, oh no this is butterfly chrysalis i refuse to eat it but i i won't i won't i won't eat it i'm wondering if you're talking about what we eat in northeast part of china as well but i don't know the chinese mm. i don't know the english name of the thing it does look like a big worm but it's like dark and then we we would uh we would either stir fry it or or we deep fry it and it's a lot more easily acceptable if it's fried because when you fry everything when you deep if you deep fry everything everything kind of tastes the same and it's very very high in protein that's why people like to eat it what about this word is this sound right to you yong <laughs> or tsan yong yeah that's yeah what exactly about. yes yes yes, yes. Yeah. i was looking yeah. it up well it's not that's exactly san yong is a uh, silkworm chrysalis but i'm talking about butterfly chrysalis i don't know maybe we I don't both know. i don't know maybe maybe I'm, it's I... the same thing i don't know we'll ask the the butterflies <laughs> I just want to mention for people who don't know and maybe haven't visited China, there is a cliche mm. that Westerners, the only Chinese food they like to eat is Kung Pao Jiting, Kung, Kung Pao chicken. chicken. The reason is it's one of those rare things where we have it a lot in America and you can find it all easily in China. Most of the fi- the food that is called Chinese food in America doesn't exist yeah. or exists in very small pockets in China. But Kung Pao chicken, mm-hmm. you can just find anywhere. So, you know, it's like, oh, I know what that is. I'll have that. Kung Pao jiting. Ha ha. Yeah. I'm Chinese. And then oh, the Chinese that. people are like, la wise. <laughs> yeah, but the Kung, Pao, the Kung Pao chicken we have here is so different oh. than the American Kung Pao chicken that you can find in these American Chinese restaurants because they put a lot of carrots and and uh, I love cucumbers in Kung Pao, Kung Pao chicken, but it kind of doesn't make it Kung Pao chicken, but it's fine. And then the way they season it is, I guess that's the Kung Pao chicken is, is made with the famous brown sauce of whatever the people say. Mm. That's the thing that I couldn't understand that couldn't I couldn't stand the most when I go when I went to Chinese restaurants in America. And it'll be like, oh, beef with brown sauce or or chicken with brown sauce or whatever. I was like, what's this magical brown, brown <laughs> sauce that I've never heard of as a Chinese person? Another thing, my wife and I recently got into a spat about food. Over? I, t- I took some hamburger meat. 
Okay. And I pressed it into a patty, uh, maybe two, uh-huh. and I cooked them. Mm. And but the very slim center was still red, and I wanted it that way because I I like the way it tastes. And when she saw that I was eating meat that was not <sighs> cooked to all completely a new color, she, she was like, out. "You're gonna get sick. You're gonna die. You can't <laughs> eat this. It's a, it's unacceptable." And like she she refused to let me eat it. I had to return to the kitchen and yeah. recook it again until it was like darker, much darker. And then yeah. it, she was like, yeah. "Okay, let me check." All right, you can eat that now. <laughs> I my parents are the same way. Whenever they're like, "Oh, we want to be a little bit more, uh, you know, adventurous today. Let's go to a steak restaurant." I was like, "Yeah, sure, let's go to a steakhouse." And then they're like, "They're like, oh, how would you like your steak?" They're like, "We want it well done." I'm like, "No, mom, you don't want it well done." And then <laughs> if I order mine medium well, even, and when I cut it, if there's any red <laughs> food. With coming out of my meat my mom is like you better not eat that part and then that's the thing they don't want it raw they also don't want it overcooked mm-hmm. when i took them to my friend's um barbecue and they're like oh we'd love the smoky meat and my mom's like uh don't eat that piece it's it's it's, it's burnt it's burnt it's gonna give you cancer <laughs> oh yeah you're listening to the bridge You know, Americans eat food that's not all the way cooked all the time. You know, this is very common to have patties that are a little red or to have steaks that are a little red. Or, But yeah. in China, it's a no, you might get sick. It's not worth it. You know, don't care how good it tastes. You can't have that. So yeah, <laughs> something new for me. Also, yeah. this is in America. If you're going to eat noodles, I never even knew they could be cold until I came to okay. China. And then I found out about cold noodles. Shocking. It was a shock. It was a culture shock. Oh. Why is this noodle cold? Did they forget to uh-huh. cook it? No, it's a cold noodle. It's even no. it's even in the title, Jason. I don't speak Chinese. This is my first year, you know. I know, but we also we're not the only ones that eat cold noodles. It's uh, you know, Korean people eat have their cold noodles, cold soup no- noodles, which is a perfect dish for summer. Mm. Japanese have people have their their cold soba noodles. That's very refreshing. We have our uh, cold noodles. That's mostly for from the north. Uh, sorry, from the southwest part of China. It's spicy, but also from the you know when I was little, my parents would in the in summertime because we just love noodles but you know when um in northeast part of china where i grew up um we love we just love noodles we love all kinds of carbs but it's too hot to eat uh you know hot noodles in summertime so what a lot of families would do is that they will cook the noodles as usual and then they run the noodles they run uh, cold water through the noodles a couple times until it cools down and then the sauce or whatever it's still hot so that it's easier to take down so cold noodles are something that comes so natural for us oh speaking of temperature jason i'll also say that i've barely had a meal in winter time when i was in the states that made me feel warm inside could you elaborate (laughs) like you know how i think this is very this is like very largely true that chinese people like to serve our food piping hot like we want to see the the food with the steam and and we want to see the tea yeah and then if it's soup (laughs) then it's all of it like we want it hot but in the states you could you barely see any dish served to your table that is still like super hot you could basically just start like 
putting that entire thing in your mouth and you'll be okay. But if you did that with Chinese food, you'd probably get burnt <laughs> all over the roof of your mouth. So like in wintertime, I mean, summertime is great, but in wintertime, and cause I was mostly in like New England and New York and it gets, it gets more, it gets, you know, even colder, if not the same amount kind of colds uh, than Northeast. But I've never really had something that made me feel so satisfied and it brought me comfort in wintertime. The only thing was the New England uh, clam chowder. Other than that, mm-hmm. nothing really makes me feel like, oh, yes, like this is a, a wintertime meal and I'm going to be warm and this is going to give me energy to battle the cold outside. <laughs> you know, you're right. You know, interestingly, we like to think of hot drinks in the winter and they're in movies and things but if Mm. most americans iced water iced tea in the summer iced water iced tea in the winter yeah that's just the reality of the way that we can you know this is something we were looking for a refrigerator for our new home in wuhan my wife and i we went to like a refrigerator store all they sell is refrigerators Mm. and i was like can we find a refrigerator that has one of those little ice dispensers like in america and we went around and looked at all and they were like yes this has an ice machine i was like i don't see Mm. it and they opened Mm. the freezer and inside there was a machine that made ice and put it in a bucket and i was like yeah that's a nice machine but in america it's like you just put the cup into the machine straight into the refrigerator and there's a little cubby where ice just pours out because that's how crazy americans are about putting ice in their drinks all year into round. everything into everything i used to think like that's what it means to be american you need to <laughs> always have you always need to have ice cubes in your cup <laughs> and you yeah the first time i arrived in china everywhere i went the bank you know, the post office or whatever, they'd give me a little paper cup full of scolding hot water that was too hot to hold. <laughs> that's like, one what thing. What is this for? I won't be able to drink this for like 20 minutes. I know. That's one thing that needs to be taught when people first came to China. I was like, <laughs> you can't just chug your water. You can't just take a big gulp of the water. You need to learn to just like blow the surface of it and then sip the water from the surface because that part will be cold. And then you let the next layer mm. cool down when it's exposed to the air. Interesting. Any yeah, in America, you have the water cooler in the business, right? Yeah. Mm. And you have neutral water, you know, lukewarm, the normal room temperature, and you have ice cold. You have two taps. In China, mm. no. You have two taps. One is for lukewarm and one is for scalding hot. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 a culture, definitely a culture difference. Like you guys love hot food, hot water. Yeah. In America, we love iced everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I have another article, but but the same lady, Maggie. Hui Fu Wong, she wrote an article, Best Chinese Food, 32 mm. Must Try Dishes. So I wanted to go over these and like maybe we could. Yeah. So some of these are absolutely resplendent. Oh, yes. And for those of you who haven't been to Beijing or China, you need to have these. So these are obviously number one. And you should know yeah. Peking Duck. Oh, my gosh. It's outstandingly good yes the whole world should know about picking it's really good it's a little it's a little expensive it's not cheap there are different options and then if you live in a city go ask your friends that are locals like people who live Mm. there on a daily basis and they like wonderfully there's a magically there's places like this jinkalong which is a one of the biggest supermarket chains in china close to my apartment my friend told me the picking roast duck that they sell there was probably the best roast duck they've ever had in their entire life which is a huge statement to make at a grocery at a grocery store. store who would have thought and it's not as expensive as these like uh fancy restaurants we we had a friend who came back to china and she wanted to have like 
duck dinner and then she picked this restaurant where like you need to spend like probably eighty dollars per person to have a meal and i was like yeah man, i can't i can't do that i can't afford it eight dollars u.s dollars, dollars. So it was a very fancy wow. picking duck I, restaurant I, think, I don't i have never been to but you know you go to any tourist place in beijing you go to panjaiwar mm. you go to chingnianlu mm. you go anywhere there's a there's at least one duck restaurant there that says we are the original number one ancient <laughs> duck restaurant uh, premium in all of china and each one of them says that yeah. so be aware no. that if you've been to you may not have actually been to the number one premium <laughs> ancient peking duck, duck restaurant because they all say that about it's themselves. the number one in that location <laughs> this one surprised me on being on the mm. list and it's it's vermicelli with duck blood i've never had that oh god it's the dish of nanjing city anyone from nanjing will tell you that this is what they are proud of and they're very famous for but you again it became so popular and then everyone wanted to open a restaurant and be the first the original place that sells this kind of uh, uh local cuisine so you need to ask your local friends again what places are the best places to get the most authentic and most uh delicious uh, vermicelli i'd be blood. willing to try it it's good it's very good and i think a lot of people would however i think a lot of americans i'm not sure about western europeans i don't know but uh, uh british people yeah yeah they, they eat blood for breakfast no problem yeah uh, but um, americans usually have a problem with food made out of blood so they mm. there might be like americans in your crew who are like i'm not gonna eat that just so you know. that's true that's true i don't know i'm gonna skip steam fish we already kind of talked about it. what is a don don noodle i don't really know what they're talking about oh my god Dana noodles is from I am I know too much about food. Okay, Dana noodles <laughs> is the spicy spicy soup noodles, but it's not soupy like other kind of like your beef soup noodles and other type of noodles mm. that you you will have. It is a little oily, but the oil comes from the chili peppers, the, the spicy chili peppers, and it's kind of this egg noodles is made with minced pork as kind of the base, and then with the normal citron flavors mixed into it. And there's a lot of fake dandan noodles in the States because this is easy. It's seemingly kind of like, you know, it appears easy mm -hmm. to make and the ingredients are not too crazy. So a lot of people are trying to say this is dandan noodles, but they don't know how to season it with, interestingly, the salt and sugar. So the proportion is always kind of wrong. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be eating like wrong types of noodles, wrong seasoning with the dandan noodles. But dandan noodles itself is very famous and it usually comes in a small bowl because it's a, you know, very strong in flavor, but very, very delicious. The next one on the list is steamed fish head with chopped salted chili. Now, I want to oh actually throw God. take this chopped salted chili part aside for a second. Uh -huh. There are a lot of different restaurants that serve fish head yeah. and they do it different ways. So uh, it's not just that particular style of fish head that's available. And for people who uh, are confused about this, we're usually not talking about small fish. We're talking about Giant, super yeah. massive fish so they'll take out a massive head that is like for many people and like yeah. it is a delicacy and there's still a lot of fish meat on the fish said well know? i think a lot of americans also have a problem with eyes this my food is looking at me yeah <laughs> they're like it's looking it's looking at me <laughs> i i'm i'm getting i'm getting a little uncomfortable with like chicken head being in the bowl as well nowadays i don't know what it is but it was like i was like oh my chicken God. neck 
Duck necks. Duck necks. Sorry. Yeah, but it looks like the same to me. I'm a chicken and a duck. I know. Come on. They're like cousins. I know. Oh, poor things. Like they're hang, hanging out. Oh, quack, poor quack, things. Cluck, cluck. And they're like, ha, ha, so, so wrong. Oh, my they're God. the same conversation as you and me. Yeah. You would eat that? I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Oh, I wanted to talk uh-huh. about, you were talking about South a- Southeast Asian drink earlier and i uh-huh. remembered a drink that i had in america there in modesto california okay. there is a fa restaurant uh-huh. that is extremely authentic and they serve drinks mm. that you would only find in vietnam and this one it's they take an egg that is partially i want to say fertilized where it's actually started yeah. becoming a little chick Barely. And then they will take ice and soda water with salt and sugar, and they'll crack the egg with the bloody uh, embryo, chicken embryo. And then that's a a, a drink. I did not drink one. I couldn't do it, but my friend did. He said, I don't know if you could hear it, but I was covering my mouth because I couldn't. (laughs) That is some. This is that. Um, Wow. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, if you take them and put them in our culture, there's going to be food that they're like, what? How could they eat that? No, but he, okay, okay. Here's the thing. I'm so, like, I'm not, where do I even begin? We actually do similar things in China where people barbecue oh, yeah. oh, yeah? the specific type of eggs. You kind of just pre-cook them. Oh. You know, oh, this sounds so cruel, but like you, 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 you cook it. I couldn't eat it. I could never. It was popular when I was when I was younger in the northeast part of China and people would just eat it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even bring myself to looking at it because the feather's already there. And I'm just like, I, I cannot do this. Mm. Um, but to make it into a. Oh, God, I, I got goosebumps all over me. My mom <laughs> brought me some, uh, you know, the salted eggs that we do. Like we we soak the eggs in salt and water so that it became more like a, a dish. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah, then yeah, yeah she yeah. brought me a couple ones that my uh, my family made and. I was trying to cook them. <laughs> I like took one out. I was like, this one just looks a little different. I, it feels a little different. I shook it a little bit. I was like, this shakes different too. <laughs> and then um, I was like, there's like red things that I can see from the inside. And then I just remember um, there's like a little, maybe like little tiny little crack. And I was trying to crack it open to see what it is. And then I opened it maybe just like two millimeters and then i saw something inside i was like oh my god this is so oh i was like this makes me want to want to puke so i would never open an egg like that like i would never completely crack it open i would probably run away yeah you know i think that a lot of americans would feel the same way about some bugs that get eaten in other cultures too Mm. is there any american food that is that like oh my god i can't believe you guys eat that hmm Hmm. Um, raw mushrooms. Raw mushrooms, really? <laughs> wow. I didn't know you could eat mushrooms raw before going to states. <laughs> oh wow. Because you know how people are like, oh, you make sure you cook your food thoroughly, especially yeah, things yeah, like yeah. mushrooms or whatever, or, or, or you know, the, uh, string beans. If you don't cook it uh, thorough, you might get food poisoned, right? Mm-hmm. And then I went to our school canteen, and there's just like a box of raw mushrooms. <laughs> people are just like putting it into their salad. I was like, you can eat this raw. They're like, yeah. And then they point to the next bin that had um a cauliflower and what do you call it oh my god what's the other one what's the green broccoli and i was mm. like yeah these could all be eaten raw i'm like you guys are insane you really don't <laughs> want to cook huh like you really hate fire <laughs> you know you really you're reminding me it's almost impossible to find raw vegetables in any kind of place where they've been prepared including my uh you know parents-in-law like everything every it's got to be cooked it's got to be you know not even, it could just be steamed 
Sure. Or boiled. Mm. Or, but, but fried is ideal because then it's yummy. But like in America, yeah, a lot of vegetables a lot of the time are just like, here they are. Yeah. Like you go to a party and there's just a display of celery sticks and some dip. Oh, yeah. I do. I do thank American party culture to make my party going experience so much easier. Now I'm just like, OK, two cucumbers, two carrots. And then I'll just either make some guacs or, or buy some uh, 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 hummus. And hey, or here's my contribution to the party. Eat it, guys. Be healthy. Here's a bunch of raw stuff for you and we're gonna eat the real food over here <laughs> exactly this is healthy this is just healthy you know so it mentions kung pao cheating or kung pao chickens mm. and uh sweet and sour pork dumplings a lot of these are cliche so i, I yeah think yeah exactly. most people have had them this is one my wife likes a lot mapo tofu or tofu. oh my god i love it too yeah, it's really hot if it's done well and it's oily it's oily but it's tofu. Yeah, it's oily but it's actually mostly uh people who have problem with mapo tofu they actually have problem with the numbing sensation and not so much of the spiciness mm, a lot yeah most of the other things here i think everyone's had like so i don't feel mm. like this list of recommendations has a lot of stuff no. that is not just like normal even in other countries for people to know about one is that preserved sausages yeah it's very different so <laughs> I, I just want to warn people chinese sausages mm. not the same as western sausages so yeah. i went to the store when i first arrived in china i was like there's a huge store i can't remember what it was called and i bought sausages i was like came home wow this is you know it wasn't bad it was like this is not what i wanted went back i tried a different brand mm. then i went to the next time i went and bought 10 brands and then i i brought them all home yeah. all not like american sausage so i was like okay got it chinese sausages just not the same i will encourage you to try dongbei sausages because that's not it's not oh, yeah. pickled it's not dried it is uh it's red colored and it still doesn't taste like american sausages but i would argue dongbei red sausages are probably the best in china and a lot of people are going to agree disagree with me but i stand by my recommendation jason well you know i i really like eating in Dongbei because I like to eat a lot and mm. the portions are oh, the portions are chow. so generous yeah there's like <laughs> well just you know if there's two of you just order one or two dishes that's all you need because if you know if you one hot dish one yeah, cold you're, dish you're, you're good be fine. yeah yeah get something meaty and then something vegetable-y you're okay you're done but if you like oh mm. I feel really hungry let's get three dishes you're bringing stuff home making <laughs> mistakes <laughs> yeah if your plan was to go to the park afterwards you're gonna have to carry that little container around with you that's you got a double oh, yeah. well i think this is interesting all almost all the chinese people i meet in china when they talk about american chinese food they say there isn't you know it's all very rare that there's authentic chinese food in america it's all it's like one percent of the chinese restaurants have like a but it's really weird mm. when i go to western restaurants in china i'm like yeah that's just western mm. food so i guess hamburgers yeah. are just easier to figure out or something <laughs> i don't know i guess because the cooking method is a little little bit easier because well here's i think here's the thing when we talk about recipes of chinese food and western food western food has very specific recipes like how much salt how much oil there's you know all of the measuring units that are that are tossed into the recipe mm -hmm. for a chinese recipe if you ever read it if it's a real chinese recipe and here's the thing remind you if you want to find authentic chinese cooking recipes online if it says half a cup of anything stop reading and just go to somewhere else because that's definitely not wow yeah, because if you look up if you wow. look up how to make chinese food it's all a little bit of this, a pinch of this, a general spoonful of this. Like it's never going to be a very accurate amount of things that mm. they tell you to put in your food. It's all coming from experience and trial and error. 
actually took what is it called home ec which in my school i was in a conservative mm. republican town where i grew grew up and like they were like yeah jason's not going to be able to learn spanish after my first year oh. so they, they switched me and they put me into home ec the next year for my eighth grade it was middle okay. school two years and i learned that whole style of measuring everything really carefully to ma like make everything work and save the household money yeah. and learn how so i i actually got really good at baking and cooking as a young person Anyways, Ooh. we are out of time. Thank you so much for your time, Alex. If you guys disagree or you just want to add to this conversation, we would be so thrilled to read your comments on the air. Please email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Jason. And we'll see you all next time. Oh, yeah.